Yes, good morning here. Good morning on podcasts. Good morning everywhere. Good morning if you've just come over from Instagram. Um, yes, lovely to have you here with us. Welcome, good morning. It's Tuesday and my God, some of the largest news you would expect to land on a Monday evening landed last night, didn't it? I mean, regardless of, of what you feel as, you know, in terms of the royal family, whether you're a royalist, whether you're a monarchist or not, you know, I mean, it's massive, massive news what's happened. Um, and this is obviously the news that King Charles has uh, been diagnosed with cancer. Um, a cancer caught early, according to Rishi Sunak. Uh, who maybe let slip a little bit too much information there, um, or more information than perhaps Buckingham Palace would have liked. Um, and it was a cancer that is not prostate cancer. It, it, it was found in the process of them dealing with his enlarged prostate. So, and I think, you know, obviously speculation is rife um, insofar as, you know, what cancer, what kind of cancer, you know, what does it mean that they've said what they've said? Prince Harry is en route. What does that mean? You know, does that suggest a certain urgency? So, you know, lots of speculation. Could this be the this could could this be the unfortunate sort of bittersweet way in which a family is reunited uh, over some kind of you know family trauma? But again, we don't know. Again, it's really important. The first thing I want to say, which I think someone said just before we get chatting about it on the radio, is just because you are diagnosed with cancer is not it's not a death sentence. God, no. I mean, there are so many people that live with cancer mm. now. And one of the advantages of getting it when you're older is it's slower growing. Slower growing. And also one of the so. advantages of getting it earlier is that you, you you have a chance of kind of, you know, nipping it in the bud, so to speak. And one of the advantages of being a king is you're going to get the very best treatment, even if it hasn't been fully allowed yeah. in this country, unlike some of my friends. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I think, you know, the harsh fact of, of, of the matter is he is a king. I think... I do get a little bit kind of, I think your point is absolutely right. And a lot of people are phoning into radio stations everywhere saying, well, if only, you know, early stage detection was something that we could rely on in an overstretched NHS. And I agree. You know, I think the contrast and the, and the stark One comparison day. with what most ordinary people go through is, is horrendous. But... I do think... But none of that is his fault. Well, A, none of it is his fault. And I do also think that regardless of whether you believe in the monarchy or not, it just is a part of what we are as a country. Yeah. And it's kind of like... Yeah. I did, Whatever know, you think of yeah. the monarchy, this is huge, huge yeah. news, yeah. isn't it? Um, and huge news because he's sharing it. I mean, goodness I mean, knows there could have been royals all, all the way through that have been having cancer that we just never knew about. Exactly. Which which king was it who died of lung cancer? Former his King Edward. Yeah, was it, his, it? Was it? His, yeah. I think his he, grandfather had yeah. lung cancer, and they never told never him. Never told him. They yeah. didn't tell him. Absolutely. And in fact, it was a remarkable what? actor, wasn't it, in The Crown, who played him? Yeah. Why did they not tell him? I don't know. There used to be a time, not shame, but the George the Sixth. There used to be a time where cancer was, I, I, you know, there was a real taboo. Mm. It was almost like you could catch it. It's not that long ago. I mean, yes, it's decades, but not that long ago where women would arrive at, at hospital with, like, stage four breast right. cancer because they, there was shame to saying that you found a lump. I mean, we have Elizabeth Hurley come on every year on Toulouse Women because, you know, she's the ambassador for breast cancer and uh, I can't remember which charity, but anyway, but she always says, she always says about that, which really strikes me that. Country Pumpkin says it was seen as, uh, as, a, as a weakness, absolutely. I mean, and the other point that I always want to make is, okay, Prince Andrew maybe has a pizza at Pizza Express in Windsor, which is odd, but... You're not going to see Prince Charles down May Day in Croydon, are you? I mean, it's just... So one has to park to the side 
the, the blindingly obvious inequity here. It, it, it's a given, it's, it's a statement of fact. And it's the same throughout the country and it's the same with absolutely everything. There are some people who have more than others and it's just the but I think of even the if, world and it's no different. But, I, I, but I also feel that when you get to royalty, when it gets to the king and the queen and all that kind of stuff, I do, I'm not a royalist at all, but I do think you, you just make an exception. So I think there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of really nasty oh, stuff oh, I on Twitter and X. And you hate? just think... What do, I mean, obviously, it's people with just, because I, the just way to dark, look at it is, twisted souls. The way to look at it is that actually his, him going, uh, going public with this and talking about early diagnosis, though the palace have not, not um, issued that statement, it was Rishi Sunak. So there's a bit of um, conversation about whether Rishi has really like overstepped the mark by saying that or whether he's got it wrong. Well, I think the bit the bit that he's over-revealed is that they've caught it uh, at an early, early stage. The palace yeah. hasn't said that. No, but the palace are being, as they say, I love this word, opaque, which is kind of yeah. like unclear because they're well, saying what, what so that's going to cause so is loads of speculation, the mm. media never stopping, everybody looking and digging, whereas I think it would have just been better. If you're going to say something, just say what it is. Because... The thing is, it's I'm, like there is certain shame to certain cancers and I don't think there should be shame to any. I'm going to make a really... Uh, uh, my, my worry or sense of this is this, that it is far more progressed and urgent than he would want us to think. And I think that the reason Harry's coming over is perhaps because he wants to tell his, his children first. I think even a king is allowed that. And I think once he's told his kids, I think we will get the full details. I don't think so. Do I not? don't agree. Do you agree, anyway? I think they have the most immaculate healthcare. They will be being scanned and tested the whole time. I think that. I think that they are. This is new to them, sharing their lives with the public, and I think they're still finding their feet on it. Mm. This is so out of character mm. that they would tell us anything like this. Mm. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, me too. I think Mark is right. It's slightly more serious than it is. I, I, I agree. My, 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 my sense of the, not the mood music, but my sense of things is that he's an incredibly unfussy, stubborn chap and he's not going to be rushed into revealing any more. They will know for a fact that the amount of speculation this will create will be undesirable. I would go so far as to say, for the royal family, undesirable. Mm. And I think there's got to be a very compelling reason for why they haven't been clearer, given how clear they've been up until now about prostate. There's nothing, I'm not, I'm not suggesting for a minute there, is it? To hear, a, I, I think it's massive to have heard a monarch, a, a reigning monarch, talk about his prostate at all is, is kind of something that I think is, is, is refreshing and important for men and for people with cancer, you know, anyone struggling with the, with the idea of cancer. Someone made a really good point that, you know, he is a man who kind of likes, you know, his causes for the environment yeah. and what have you. It'd be good if he kind of maybe could, some, some, high, some spotlight could be put on how, what could be done in the country. Maybe he could put a bit of pressure on the government but to try think, and sort waiting lists. Well, then, that no, but that's stuff. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He is very restricted on what he can and cannot say. Yeah, he's not say. allowed to do so it. So if people attack him for getting treatment and all of that, that is so wrong because what he is doing in his own way, he is commenting on that mm. because he is saying early diagnosis. He's not saying, look, early diagnosis, no, 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 I can have it and you can't. He mm. is making a statement there in the only way that he can. Mm. And, you know... The Tories promise us time and time again that they're going to get waiting lists sorted out and they're not. Look at my friend's, look at my friend Hannah's situation. I mean, it's just absolutely disgraceful. I know lots of you have seen it on Loose Women. You know, there are, 
There are a thousand women with secondary breast cancer who this, who this game-changing, that's how it's been described, drug, literally is going to give them a longer life. And NHS England are still having the, and the drug company is still like, oh, we're still chatting, yeah, we haven't fully come to the price yet. Meanwhile, women in Scotland are getting it. Thank God the women in Scotland are getting it. And, you know, this disparity all over the place, the postcode lottery, is just not fair. And, you know, ne ne let us never forget the, the, the pack of lies that we were told about Brexit and what was going to come into the NHS. The other th thing is, what was it? How much, how much more a week were we going to get if we came mm. out of Brexit? Mm. But the other problem is, when are any government, when are they going to deal with the fact that no matter how much money goes into the NHS, because a fortune does go in, a fortune, it gets gobbled up because, it, because the system is a mess. And you hear people all the time that work in the NHS saying things like, you know, we really want to buy the bandages from here, but we're not allowed because we're only allowed to, and it's costing X amount of thousand pounds. So this just might be his way of saying something about the situation in the NHS. Yeah, I think it's really important to know that he can't actually say he's too much. He's not allowed much. to say anything. He's not actually allowed to say too much. So, uh, uh, um, it's not within the constitution, is it? He's, he's not allowed. No, but I mean, he's saying a lot when he says, if it is early diagnosis, we don't know whether we should fucked up. He's saying a lot by saying that. Well, uh, and so I, I think, again, you know, we can speculate like mad. What cancer could it be? What I mean, I was thinking, is it, is it you we know, can't. You, you can't. I mean, what would you fight for some reason? This keeps flicking on and off, which is really annoying. Sorry if it's doing it your own, guys. Um, so I think, so the news, the news regarding um, Harry, yes, he's been seen. Um, there's terrible flooding in LA, some of the most unprecedented uh, really? torrential downpours. I think Bel Air, road, roads are, are blowing up and falling apart. I mean, Seriously? Totally torrential. I think the worst oh, rainfall. Oh, what if Jordan's watching? Yeah, yeah. thinking of you this but morning. But anyway, so it was taking him a while to be able to get out and get to the airport, but he was seen getting on a plane. A private jet or a private terminal or something, God Almighty, he'll be shot down as well for... for I mean, the problem is, is like every single step they make, they're going to get criticised for, you know. And and I was, I was, it was funny, I was in the car and I was just sort of uh, with one of the girls and I was saying, God, you know, I actually feel... I mean, I my nan loved Queen Elizabeth. Lots of people, obviously, you know, were all very fond of her in terms of how she conducted herself during the uh, pandemic and what have you. If I had to, I've, I've always said that my, my favourite kind of royal has always been, unfortunately, Prince Charles. And, and I say unfortunately because lots of people can't stand him. And I think, well, why is it they can't stand him? Because they see him as the evildoer to Diana. I found Diana, and I'm, I don't, I'm not doing a diss to Diana here. Obviously, she was kind of married into a family. They, they shouldn't have got married. She, he loved someone else. She didn't love him. It was a, it was, it was a tragedy. But I think this much maligned kind of portrait of him, he was bullied from a young age for his appearance. He was castigated as an absolute fop or sop because he believed in the environment and then was characterised as a madman talking to flowers. I remember at the age of eight looking at my grandparents going, why is everyone laughing at him all the time? I, I felt just, sorry for him. I was him. listening to something on Radio 4 the other day about, you know, how sentient um, opium is. And we know how mushrooms are, how mushrooms speak and how trees speak to each other. And it's just like an accepted, it's a whole programme talking about it. Mm. And I think he's been just mercilessly, um, had the, mercilessly had the piss taken out of him for that, hasn't he? And I yeah. remember as a young person, just because in those days I didn't really understand the manipulation of the press and stuff. It was just like whatever you heard about Prince Charles, you always think about him talking to plants and they give him as a madman. Yeah. We grew up thinking he was a madman, didn't we? But you know what? I find that 
I always feel with Prince Charles, if you were in a conversation with him, you'd have a nice, you'd have a laugh. Well, I've, Judy, I've Judy Love found him met, quite met him. She said he's so funny, funny, fun and warm, and quick witted, and Camilla. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so, mm. so I think that's all rather sad. But what do we think about Harry returning? I put up a little poll here saying, how serious do you think King Charles's diagnosis is? Not very, uh, very, thus Harry's return. It's all a plan to reunite the family. Uh, and I put in there just for those of you who kind of always want to bash Harry. Meghan Harry is milking it for PR. Um, very is the majority. 61% of you say very, this, thus Harry is returning. Um, oh, yeah, the Princess's Trust. Somebody's saying went through the Princess's Trust from idea. I mean, that has just run and run, hasn't mm. it, the Princess's Trust? It really has mm. changed people's lives. He's done. He has done a lot. So what do you think, think about Harry returning? Um, I just... I, well, think, I think it suggests I just, it's more serious. I don't well, see how it doesn't. Because he could be on the phone to him, he could talk to him, he could... Personally... I'm not saying it's well, on his deathbed. but maybe, but... no, but maybe he's been looking for a way to reconnect and this is the way. You know, maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe it's both things. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just like, oh, this is a good way for me to, you know, to, to get back. All, you know, emotions are up now in a sympathetic way. And I don't mean that like cold-bloodedly. I'm just thinking that... This is incredibly difficult journey for him back into the family, isn't it? From what everything he said. So Laura, this is a way back in. Laura Lou makes an interesting point. Can you imagine the press if Harry didn't come over and see his dad? Oh, God, yeah. And also they got stick, didn't they? Because they didn't send apparently an apology or sympathies to Kate or to the family soon enough once they were checked into hospital and all that kind of stuff. So, But so, how do they know that? Well, exactly. I mean, does everything have to be done publicly to mean mm. anything? I mean, apologies have to be done publicly. Yeah. You know, grieving has to be done publicly. Who knows what's gone on? Yeah. They might have sent flowers and phone calls and they don't, they, don't have, they don't owe us, this family, to tell us every time they have communication. No, Hilary Daly, if I heard my dad had cancer, I'd come over immediately. doesn't mean it's more serious to me, just normal. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm... Yeah. I, I think I would be... I saw, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I read more into the fact that Meghan isn't coming with the children because I thought if it was more serious... I mean, he was seen, you know, seen on a walk with Camilla. He's not He's not at death's door. He's, they've caught it early. He's starting treatment. He's carrying on dealing well, with that really annoying like red to, case. What I would like to say on that, though, having a friend, you know, at the moment dealing with stage four cancer, sometimes I feel so sorry for her because she looks so amazing always. Mm. That nobody offers a seat. Nobody says, "Do you want it?" But a, she's like, she's got osteopenia in her back. She's got, she's got so much going on. But do you know what I've learned since making friends, uh, living with cancer, is, and and another friend of mine who just finished her treatment like two months ago, she looks the best I've ever seen her, and she had chemo. She's got thick hair. Her skin looks amazing, and. Sometimes it's lovely, they say, when people say, oh, my God, you look amazing, you look so well. But other times they're feeling really, really shit and everyone keeps saying, oh, well, they look well. Because don't forget, I mean, I'm not talking about Chelsea, people soldier on and push through and don't complain and don't moan because they don't, because everybody says, as soon as you finish your treatment, people go, oh, the cancer's done, they've mm. had their treatment. It just begins, you know, for a lot of people with cancer, it's like, oh, my God, it goes on and on. So I don't think him going for a walk... That's an interesting Means point. Anything. So there's there's a sort of there's a sort of belief that if you're looking all right and being all right, you've got a, there's a role you should play if you've got cancer, if you want sympathy. Well, no, the, I don't well, know that. Sympathy, I mean, when but I, the world when to I, understand it. You're right. It I doesn't can, marry with our image of what. 
when I go to the um, to the uh, Marsden with my friends, you ev there's every kind of person in there. You know, there's some people that look like absolutely like wax with paper thin skin and just look so ill, and they're probably right bang in the middle of their treatment, the chemotherapy, mm. like. My other friend who, you know, but I never, I never talk, I never say her by name. She, she would, she was at work all the time, but then she would go in and into her like three days of total hell of being mm. sick. And then she would come out again. She'd be faking it to make it so that nobody felt uncomfortable and nobody felt, right. you know, so you don't assume that somebody with cancer or somebody that's you know, finished their treatment is actually feeling great because... It's no, tough. It's really and also, tough. Camilla, they found out a week ago. I mean, Camilla knew this news. They were told mm. this news a week ago. They've known that he had this other cancer. I mean, he might be week. completely symptomless mm. and he may not have started any chemo mm. yet. So he might still be feeling totally fine. Mm. That's the thing. Um, some news just coming in uh, a couple of minutes ago. Queen Elizabeth's former press secretary, Charles Anson, told BBC Breakfast this morning um, that the King felt very strongly that the condition he has and the treatment for it should be known in general terms out of a sense of public duty, but that people should not expect daily bulletins. Yes. The openness about the diagnosis is a sign of the times, says Queen Elizabeth's former press secretary. Um, and of course, there's lots of speculation now on, on what that means and what the, you know, what, who, who will step in to kind of do his, do his work. I think there's a lot of pressure now or there's going to be a lot of responsibility for Camilla. She's you, see, you see, I, I swing between two places, right? Like, the thing is, everybody has their right to privacy. Mm. Absolutely, 100%. Nobody has to share their medical records in any situation ever. You know, you never have to say what's going mm. on. But I think when you're making a statement that you are sharing it to raise awareness, to not say what cancer it is, is weird to me. Right. Because it's like there are certain cancers that people get really embarrassed about. Colon, anal, um, penal, all these body parts that we don't talk about. You know, lots mm. of people will get really far on with the bowel cancer because they don't want to go and right. have that looked at. Right. And so... Awareness is about saying these are just all body, as far as I'm concerned, they're just all body So you feel parts. that if he's gone far enough with what I was saying earlier yeah. about the prostate, he's just saying what it is. Okay, well, Emma Davis so says something right. similar. I wouldn't wish cancer on my worst enemy, but the fact that this is dominating everything, no indication of stage when there's people getting earth shattering, end of life diagnosis every minute is just quirky face. I mean, I well, suppose I just, what, what I you're just saying think is... If you're, if you're talking about it to raise awareness, what cancer is it? Because I'll tell you one thing. Mm. It, I've noticed this. It does give people comfort when there is somebody in the public eye that talks about their own cancer. And in, and in fact, and I've seen that close up with friends of mine, but I was listening on the radio earlier and there was somebody from some cancer charity and he said, this Colon is amazing. Saying this is amazing because so often people say they feel so alone with their cancer. Say there's somebody who is, is around the same age as Charles doesn't have family, doesn't mm. have, does feel very alone. They've got mm. their hospital mm. appointments, they've got, and the king, and especially that generation, the king has a completely different, mm. um, you know, meaning to people. And, and they're sharing in that, but can I? I, 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 think, I think I think I agree and I disagree. I know. So do I know. So why? No, no, no. But I agree in that. I think that's right. I genuinely think the poor guy just wants to have a chat with his two sons face to face on his own first. 
Before, but then why, why, why release it at all? And because perhaps they know that the, the nature of this social media land and there'll be, there'll be for, for a fact, people will have documents that people will be trying to get copies of documents mm. and they'll, it, it could slip out. It could be a doorman that says to a such and such, that says to a such and such. There will be such a sort of appetite for kind of, you know, incidental chat. And so I think by stating something, he's 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 given his due. Yeah, but, but he said know, he's never going to, didn't he, in that statement? No, no. The the the, 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 the Queen Elizabeth press secretary said, "Don't expect daily bulletins." No, they no, have, but you did say no. It's they, a public no, he matter. has he has said it's a public matter, and that there will be there is the suggestion that he's going to reveal more in due course. Oh, I, mean, I, I think didn't, can I, I think, see the statement? I didn't hear well, it. That like. wasn't his statement. That was some, I can't yeah. remember where we where I saw oh. it. But at some point earlier today, someone was saying, you know, there will find out. But I think you're right. I mean, a number of people here are saying, you know, things like bowel cancer. You know, there's someone I just I want I don't want to miss you because you're saying about your mum. Someone said their mum struggled with bowel cancer, didn't tell anyone their whole life, and 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 then died with it. Do you um, know what was the most ext- one of the most extraordinary documentaries? Of yeah, Ruth seen? Blanford. They did. It's not his prostate, sorry. Yeah, most extraordinary documentary. I don't know. I've never known anybody else that's ever seen this. I wonder if anybody else has seen it here. Um, Farrah Fawcett Majors. Mm did the most in-depth documentary charting everything for anal cancer, right? She's a superstar, the poster girl, absolutely beautiful. Everyone wanted to be Farrah Fawcett. Everybody wanted her hair, the most incredible body, fitness freak, and she charted it all. And I was just blown away. It was like, what that must have meant for people and the awareness, because that's such a... You know, it's such an embarrassing one, isn't it? I mean, it is. We can't help it. We just, it's a more embarrassing cancer. MeTube says they don't want media speculation on treatments. That'll be why. That's interesting. That's interesting. There are, well, because there are many, many debates and differences. He's very holistic. He's homeopathic. The royal family are homeopathic. You know, I wonder whether he will be wanting to go a different route to conventional medicine. And in that case, he may want to keep it private. And in fact, he's presented with an absolute dilemma. In fact, the system is presented with a huge dilemma in that it's very well known how homeopathic the royal mm. family are and that they believe well, it's in... Well, the Royal Homeopathic Hospital. Well, and also, but, but holistically, they've, they've all, all over the years been treated in, with alternative kind of remedies and what have you. So imagine, God forbid, that the monarch isn't going to sign up to conventional medical kind of standards, that could create all sorts of... There, there would be a public health issue there. Mm. It would be like an anti-vaxxers. It would be like anti-vax, potentially. Well, I, still don't, I still don't see well, because why it's saying... Because, well, because every answer. single lens on the planet is now going to be zeroed in on where he next steps out. He's not going to be in public at all. He's only doing all the paperwork. He's not going to be... He's not doing any public appearances. Mm, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought, though. I, I think that's interesting. Mm. Um, Neve, private medicine for rich people. Maybe he'll get meds unavailable to non-rich white elders. Yeah. Um, for sure he will. Uh, especially sure at a time, MeTube, when, when uh, we have therapy. measles coming back. Um, Immune therapy and all of that. I think, obviously, the next kind of part of this chat, the next chapter in this story is going to be the landing of Harry. When he lands, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute scrum wherever he does land. Um, and presumably as he goes along to, to, to see the king. I think, I think there could be another update in the next 48 hours. Because I think you're right. I think it's too opaque at the moment. And if he is the king, everyone's kind of like, well, how ill is the king? Well, everyone's going to be... So say it is an embarrassing, inverted commas for those in coffee money, an, a more embarrassing um, cancer, 
and he doesn't talk about it, that confirms it's a more embarrassing cancer. I personally don't think Prince Charles would be embarrassed, and I think the way he came out straight away, as fast as... What, prostate? I mean, I know prostate isn't as embarrassing, but prostate leads you to things about, you know, like weeing and and erectile dysfunction and, you know, all this kind of stuff kind of attaches itself to prostate, you know. But but, but look at all that, you know what I mean? No, 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 which is why I, which is why I know, I know there's a huge, I heard you talking last night about, I get it, that the, there's a disproportionate emphasis put on uh, many male cancers versus very, you know, many female cancers. But I did genuinely believe that when he came, I thought it was a massive moment for any individual, lonely, on their own man or men mm. to think, fucking hell, this this hits rich and poor. Okay, his treatment is totally different. Can't do anything about that. We just can't do anything. It's about, well, what can he do? Well, he can go public and not pretend and hide it away and, and, and thus continue the shame and the taboo and what have you. And, and actually, prostate is about, you know, some of the most, the reason prostate doesn't get dealt with is it's wetting yourself it's weeing too much it's leaking it's um erectile dysfunction and those are all things that are truly no 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 no, yeah and but those things are what makes it i i would say any bitters potentially not not that Mm. it should be but potentially socially awkward he's never said that he's had that what Prostate cancer. No, 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 but he said I'm going in for an enlarged prostate. Yeah. And they, if, if, I think if they'd have found it was a prostate cancer, they said this isn't prostate cancer. Mm. If it was, I think he would have said. So I think if he's willing to talk about his prostate, I think he'll be happy to talk about his bowel or his colon. I don't, I don't think it's that. I genuinely But don't. you didn't say anal. Oh, well, anal. Because that I mean, is anal cancer. That's like, you know, it, I'm not, I mean, this isn't about him. I'm just talking actually about the fact that we've all got to get over the embarrassment around. Mm. And to myself, I'm saying that as well, mm. that mm. embarrassment stops us looking after ourselves properly, mm. I think. Uh, Mudan and Ali, it was a most... massive moment. It led to a rise in men getting checked. EastEnders are doing a storyline on it too. Yeah. Um, RG2303, next will be the many photos of Prince Harry, as I just said, yeah, you're right, and then analysis of his facial expressions. It's not about Harry, but the media will make it about Harry. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's, that, that, that is where this is going. I mean, my hope, my hope is that it's not critical and it's not going to, you know, he's not going to die from it and he might be able to live with it. And I hope, maybe, it does bring a sort of a warmth between the brothers and the family and what have you. So, you know, who knows? What was your first thought when you heard? Um, well, when I saw it, I was going, I was in Dulwich. I, I thought to myself, I thought this isn't good. Did you? I thought this is more, I think, I thought this is more serious than we all think it is. Mm. And then as soon as I saw Harry was coming, that immediately made me think, mm. right, mm. something's up here. And I felt, I actually, if I'm honest, I felt much more emotional about him than I did about the Queen. I feel, I feel, I've got, I think he's a good egg. I think he's a good egg. I felt so sorry for him because I thought he's waited so long. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily do think job. he's waited so long in a sort of aspirational way. I think he's seen it as his duty, but, and he's, te- I, th- I, I heavy, wear, heavy, bear, heavy weighs the crown on the head that, that wears it. Mm. I don't feel he's a... I don't think he's an all dancing, all singing, all I want to be king, king. I think he's, no, I don't. I think duty. he wants to be king because he has a lot of ambition for what he wants to do. I don't know if he does. And that's what his friends were saying today on the right. radio. They were saying he's got so many, you know, irons in the fire. He'll be frustrated. At, mm. That's what he's overriding um, feelings. They say will be like, oh God, because mm. apparently he's quite a workaholic. Mm. Didn't know that. Um, Ellen says Queen Mother had bowel cancer and it can be hereditary. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that, did you? I didn't, I didn't realise that. No. 
So yes, lots to be lots to be chewed about, chewed over there. Um, we uh, exercise addiction. Should we try it? Have we got? Yep. Yeah, we got time. So exercise addiction. This is something. Um, this is a story that I just saw the other day, and it's that thing of you know, Nadia's talking about body image on her lives, um, and uh, I think within that, compulsive eating and body weight and diet and what have you. I'm talking about alcoholism, drug addiction, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, and you know, there are so many different things you can become addicted to. But I think one addiction that I think we can sort of go, ah, oh, you're addicted to this, and sort of slightly laugh about it. Sex addiction and love addiction is one of them, and that is not a laughing matter when it's serious, I'll tell you that. But this was just a, a first... It sound like you've had it, so explain what Oh, no, saying. I mean, as so far as in, in rehab and over the years, I've come across many people who have had it. Um, and I think, I think it, it, at times one can cross-addict to that kind of, you know, over, mm. overthinking of, of, of kind of, you know, sex, you know, wanting to have sex or relationships or what have you. Because Codependency all, as well. all addiction is about medicating. Yes, yeah, about so, numbing yourself. And what I liked about this article from this woman was she, she really spells that out because she was actually given the same uh, questionnaire as an alcoholic or a, a, mm. a drug addict mm. would be. And she was told to replace the word alcohol or drugs with exercise mm. when she was answering. And she was so shocked mm. that she was the equivalent, that she was an addict. Yeah. Um, and the problem is with exercises, it, it's like everyone... It's like all the things that Mark Cross addicted to after um, coming out of rehab... And for a while, you have been, like, addicted sometimes to exercise. And, you know, people say, oh, and you were addicted to Diet Coke. And, you know, and it's, oh, well, it's better than alcohol. Mm. Oh, well, it's better than not doing... And it's like, well, no, it's not as simple as that. Mm. It's not as simple as, oh, Mark doesn't drink anymore. And now he exercises to the point where he could collapse. I'm not saying he did. That is still not healthy. It's not healthy... We were talking to somebody the other day, you know, the gut clinic lady that I'm always telling you about. And she said something, and she's like a real, she was a real athlete for a long time, mm, amazing. Mm. Um, she didn't do that thing where she jumps over hurdles. How do mm. they do that? Anyway, she said, I passionately believe that unless you wake up in the morning with the full energy to do like a high impact uh, exercise, don't do it. Mm. Because your body... It will do more harm than good because we know that adrenaline, cortisol, all these things, which are stress, you know, little stress factors in your body. We know that from stress comes disease. So somebody that is exercising, over-exercising, there is something else going on. You know, if you, and, and she talks about in this article, doesn't she, about like... You know, the guilt, and it started with what, one session, then two sessions, then well, what she didn't go before work and after work. That's addiction. Well, what she talks about, which I think is a really interesting kind of um, checklist for almost any compulsive behaviour, is, is the way in which you slot it in around other things. So mm. she says here things like, I refuse to miss a workout. She'd cancel plans with friends. She turned down dates. She would basically, her entire life would be geared towards those things. And mm. so what, what, you know, every other aspect of her life was diminishing. And I think what comes hand in hand, especially with exercise, is invariably a dietary aspect. So I know for a fact that certainly when I started, when I first cross-addicted or was addicted to running, say, I mean, exercise is different. I mean, I was running and running and running. And it was 
a really sort of cautionary moment after I'd done an ultra marathon and I was about to do another one. And someone said, if you run too many of these, you will have no legs, knees left when you when you get into old age. You know, and running what, generally is really good run, for running knees, is, by run, the way, yeah. but it's these long yeah. runs that And especially when you're not trained as an athlete, you know, you're doing it as a kind of civilian and you're trying to just kind of, you know, and you're doing it for the right reasons. But one thing that I know sat hand in hand and has over the years with me and exercise is. I've used exercise as a trade-off to then binge when yes. I want. And so I and it think, doesn't work because you, no, no, you can't out-train you a bad diet. You can't out-train a bad diet, but also you, I think there's a huge trade-off. And this might be a bit confusing because in some of my lives I've talked about, if you're at death's door with opium, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, across addiction to something less critically dangerous in the short term is absolutely the right move. I've always said this. You know, I moved from drinking to smoking and then had to give up smoking. And so, you know, there's a process. Everything done in excess is damaging and dangerous to you in different ways. Um, and I think this was, the, I think you're right, this is interesting. I think exercise is one of those things where it has a sort of slightly, you, 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 caric you can caricature someone as kind of like, oh God, he's just a, he's an exercise junkie. But actually, obviously, it can then also lead to things like steroid addiction and, you know, performance enhancement and all this kind of stuff and drinking. Some, some, one of the things I was most shocked by when I first started running and doing runs was the smell of alcohol at the start line. The amount of people who would drink heavily around doing a run. Really? You know, they would, yeah, so they'd run hard so they could drink hard or they'd drink hard and they would think if they ran hard, you could outrun your drinking. And I think that's, I think exercise, okay. exercise is a really potentially dangerous um, addiction or compulsion or, you know, uh, sort of cross addiction. That if done with the, and you're still engaging in the more dangerous stuff, I think can be really, really, really dangerous. Um, and I, I just thought it was interesting that someone, they talk about in this, the rapper Stormzy has a, 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 look at this for a routine. On Thursday last week, he posted a video about his workout on TikTok. Oh, yeah. It includes four hours of exercise every morning. Four, plus an hour in the evening. That, I mean... That's five hours of exercise. No. I mean, you know, Joe Wicks, bless him, is saying four to five times a week. I think Not that's, four to I five hours in a day. Much. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I really, really want you to listen to it. Mm. And um, he, 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 he was so fascinating, this chap. You know why HIT is so popular? Mm. It was really funny. He was saying everybody, every scientist, every, you know, well, I don't know what they call physical scientists, I don't know, knows that any research done on HIT will get published. Right. Because everybody's looking for a quicker way to yes. get healthy. Yes, yeah, squeezing it in. And he said, also, as researchers, it's much more interesting putting somebody on a running mission or making them jump till they're nearly dead. Mm. He said, and saying to do it in a short space of time. Which I thought, God, how interesting. He said, but mm. whereas actually, you know, testing the, the long and the slow won't get published mm. and it's quite boring for the researchers. Right, of course. And he said, you know, athletes, he bases all his stuff on, on athletes and athletes having to, you know, study in great detail um, over long periods of time the way things work. And most athletes will follow the 80-20 rule, which is only 20% is at high octane mm. and then 80% 
is slow, you know, moving. Absolutely. Because the amount of cortisol, if you are producing cortisol four to five times a week with your exercise routine, you will not lose weight. Well, listen to this. A report in May 2021 published in the journal Cell Metabolism uh, found that anything over 152 minutes, so say two and a half hours of high intensity training a week can cause something called oxidative stress, which is a type of cell damage linked to chronic illness, fatigue and, and inflammation. inflammation. That's two and a half hours of excessive high intensity training. That's, that's quite something. Um, also, Eminem, the rapper, said he had replaced drug addiction with exercise and he ran to the point of injury. Mm. You will hear stories of people like crying, crying as they're running, as they're swimming, because they're so exhausted, but mm. they keep going, that is not good for you mm. anyway. I work so out four to five think... times a week, Sophie. Sorry. Yeah, no, so never think, but it's it. But what worries me with my, I love that he works out so much. Don't get me wrong, and I think it's brilliant. And I just like every day, don't you? I see you do it. I go, my God. Not every day. I do do No, two whenever days you do it, I go, yeah, my yeah. God, I really admire your consistency and your, you know, the way that you've stuck to it. But I do also have that feeling as well that when you're totally exhausted, and you get up and you do a hit exercise. Yeah, I do do that to try and pull myself. It's like taking cocaine. It, well, it's the same so concept. This, oh, I'll do this as a pick me up. This um, Hannah Richards, the gut clinic woman that we were talking to the other day, she said, if you're that sort of person, it's quite difficult to go against basically deep down who you are. So she said to she said to Mark, try not doing those hits unless you absolutely feel really well and fit. Don't do it from an exhausted place. She said, but what I would recommend, she doesn't recommend it for everyone, but she said, what I would recommend for you is cold water. She said, because you will look, that, that dopamine hit that you're getting, which when you think about it, ADHD people have less dopamine, the cold water plunging will, she goes, cocaine, which was so funny, she goes, cocaine will give you a hit for half an hour or something, didn't she? Well, with cold water, you'll get it for five or six hours. Guess what, Simone did it the other day. My friend, she went to Tootin. And she got in for two minutes. Well, no, she didn't know anything about this conversation. I said, and how long was the high then? She said, oh, about five hours. She See, said, as, soon, as soon as she said that about it's like cocaine, but for six hours, I was like, well, I'm in. So she said, <laughs> give me him, a bag of it. She said to him, start with cold showers, then yeah. a cold bath, and then plunging in cold water. <sighs> Well, there you go. I'll so, shall you. I do it? Shall I try? Shall I do a proper I think you cold plunge? Do it. I think I might do it in the in Croydon's recycling garden waste bucket. I might turn it into a got into a got not into a garden waste, but into a, an ice bucket. Um, someone just said there it can cortisol also damages your thyroid, your mm. immune system, and all areas of your body. Says May Edmondson. Wow. Cortisol okay. is what we release when we're stressed. Mm. Okay, when we're stressed and, and, and like it comes up, doesn't it? And adrenaline so that you can run from a lion. So that's, that's the amount that, that comes up in us. And then, and then it goes round your body. It's got nowhere to go because we didn't need it. Sorry, you've just put a thought. Can I chase you like a lion straight after this? Can I? That would be sad, okay. And on that, we're doing a podcast. Oh, God. About faking orgasms. So if you go to my uh, Instagram, I've put a little box up there. Orgasms. Go to my Instagram and listen to my story because people have already left some funny I haven't messages. even thought about orgasm this morning yet. But I am going to do another plug for Come Dine uh, for Palestine this Saturday. Dean and I are not doing the Curly Cooks because we are doing Come Dine for Palestine instead. And we would love it 
if you would buy a ticket, even if you're not going to come, for £3. It's, it's going to be a happy night. We're going to be discussing all sorts of things mm. around. I've got some nice stories to tell about my mum and dad. There's beautiful food being yeah, made. Yeah, very important course. So, And it will be on Zoom. So you can either be on camera or not, if you don't want to be on camera. And you, it, it's uploaded so you can watch it another time. You can have the ingredients and cook along with us. Or you can just watch. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Is the link under here? It will be. So Mark will put the link straight away under here afterwards. So, And even if you can't come, if you just, it'd be a way to donate £3. And we'd really, really appreciate it. Mm. Thank you. Um, because as UNWA are reporting today, we are not going to allow this smear campaign to wipe out the entire work of the most important aid organisation in Palestine. In the Middle East. If you look at, uh, I'm looking at an infographic that's just been published, satellite imagery showing the damage uh, in Gaza. This was on October the 25th. Mm. This is the damage. They're saying nothing exists in northern Gaza. Nothing. Okay, let's see what the ICJ makes of that. So please, if you can donate, these people are are starving. To they're being starved to death, mm. and um, this money will go to help in a small way. But you know, if we all believe, if we all up for helping in a small way, it ends up being a big way with many of us. Guys, have a good day, and uh, we'll let you know what lives and bits and bobs are landing later.